everyone. I'm Deanna. And I'm Ben. This is Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. I changed it up this time. The intro. Yeah. We like to shake things up around here once in a while. Keep us from falling asleep. Yeah. Today we're reviewing Army of the Dead. A new zombie movie on Netflix. It's by Zack Snyder. Who else would you expect to throw this together? Well, he hasn't made a zombie movie since the Dawn of the Dead remake back in 2004. So he's returning to his roots. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that this is supposed to be kind of like a sequel slash homage to that because it's been so long. But anyway, how did you feel about this movie? What were your thoughts on it? This movie's terrible. It shouldn't be a surprise. It was a, a good deal worse than I thought it would be. This was a challenge to sit through for me. And I like zombie movies. I like horror action movies. And if there's humor, then great. That makes it even more engaging, usually. But this one just fell flat for me in pretty much every way, I think. It was a big turd. Really? You think so? Yeah. You seem to enjoy watching it more than me. Okay, okay, so this is the thing. It's because there were certain characters that I liked, kind of, even though it's, like, crazy. But it's just because they kind of reminded me of weird-ass people who I've known in life or have randomly passed in this crazy world. The movie just starts with a U.S. military truck, a shipment being taken down the highway of Nevada near Las Vegas because there's a crash that happens. They're transporting a shipment from Area 51. Yes, Area 51. I, I did think about it when they were talking about Area 51 at one point. One moment I think they talked about Area 51, and it did make me think... Why the hell does the U.S. government even have that? Where were they planning on transporting it to anyway? You know what I mean? Diana is bringing up important points. She's asking questions about the setup of the movie. I'll answer those questions for you with a non-answer, that there is no answer because the movie doesn't give any context or information about the state of the world, about when this is. Yeah. None of this is expanded on. The Area 51 thing never brought up again. It's literally just a little tease that these zombies are aliens because they're shipping zombies on the highway and you don't really know why they're going near las vegas and of course a crash happens and then the zombies escape and they go to las vegas and this is the setup now the area 51 thing not brought up again the i think i think there was one i have a feeling like there was one main zombie it was like one of the ones that they consider the alphas like the fast the big one all oh, right there's different kinds of zombies and i think that one was the one that had that I guess, you know, when originally when they were told, okay, like, abandon it, just leave, don't do anything. The army guys get out of the trucks after the crash, and then they, they radio for help, then they say, get away from the trucks, it's dangerous, but of course they're too late, and the zombies get them. Now, the only other alien reference is that within a minute of the movie, there are two little lights in the sky, and then they disappear or fly off very quickly. So the implication is that these are alien zombies or an alien virus has caused the dead to rise. But you don't know how they, the military got them or what's happened, how far in the future this is. 
if this were like The Walking Dead, where you still don't know how the virus happened, the point is how the survivors live on and deal with this new world. Yeah. That would be one thing, because that's common. But when you're teasing about aliens, I guess the movie is setting up everything it wants to, and that's none, none of the backstory or the makeup of this world is important. And a little more about that. You later find out that there is a president. People are working. There's restaurants. Society seems normal. So you have no idea how much of the world is infected. Is it just this one group of zombies that went to Las Vegas and corrupted Las Vegas? So is it Las Vegas the only place that is infected with zombies? Maybe. Right, and then once you start watching the film and there are moments in the film where people are watching television, you also realize, okay, so they're indicating that they're drawing like a big circle around the area that they're trying to concentrate on with Las Vegas, but then you think about it and you're like, you start to think about it even more and you're you're thinking like, okay, is this, maybe this place is the only place that's affected? But it's, again, it's still so ambiguous because there's no context given, but at the same time, it's like the point of the movie is not for obviously the context, it's for all the zombies and the killing and... And the main heist, because yeah, it's exactly. a zombie heist film. Right. I would have liked a little more explanation right. or context than Be what they gave. Because I think what happens is you go through the movie, we need to be given some credit where, like, we're not dumb, where we're literally just going to watch a movie like that and not think about that. I think that even people who usually want to watch movies just because, oh, there's action, I feel like they're still going to be like, but what? They're still going to feel a sense of, yeah, there was action and shit, but I have no idea what any of that was about. The movie is already presenting that there's nothing of importance here. There's no higher aspiration beyond just an excuse to have a heist movie in a zombie takeover area, in this case, Las Vegas. There isn't even an attempt to expand beyond that. The whole framework just comes across as this is just a crazy, silly idea that a 10-year-old came up with who likes The Walking Dead or likes George Romero zombie movies or whatever, and they come up with this wacky, silly concept, but they don't think about it beyond 10 seconds. And so that's all there is. There's no other information or establishment of, like we said, what the state of the world is, what this right. means. Another thing is, if you do a simple search online to figure out when was this movie originally trying to be developed or about the story or something, you'll find things that will say Zack Snyder was trying to get this movie developed way long ago. Before he made Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Or during, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like around that time in like 2003, 2004. Dawn of the Dead came out in 2004, I believe. But that was then, his very first movie. Right. So when you really think about it, I can't help but be kind of offended as a movie viewer and lover that you've had how many years to work on <laughs> your writing here? You're totally right. To work on this, and even if it was stuck in a development hell, that then it still feels like, wow, you're... You didn't even try to think, well, maybe during this development hell, I can make the story better. I can do these things that will elevate it and make it even more likable to, to audiences. Maybe he did, but I didn't see it. And the only thing that I think really helps him at this time is that the movie was 
made in an era where we have really good effects and that helps compared to if he had tried to make it in 2003, 2004, it would look different, of course, but you know, our makeup and everything has improved obviously since then too. Yes, technically, but I actually prefer how a lot of those older movies look compared to now where everything is just CGI. And even though the CGI is at its best now, as it will keep getting better and better, that's how it works. As it gets better and better, more and more movies, the Hobbit trilogy being a prime example, rely on oh CGI God. to do everything. And it I'm sorry, I don't... the CGI looks great, but it doesn't substitute for real locations, exactly. real actors and prosthetics and makeup actually acting. Well, that's why I was saying like the makeup, it's good that the makeup has evolved. That part is good like they've used makeup for you know you can tell that they did that for some of course the people who were being zombies but i feel like yes in the parts where they really overused cgi no if again prosthetics or the old way could be used where it really looks more real then go for it especially in horror if you think about it horror is about this is a few different things not just horror but if you have a horror setting even if it's a, a comedy like Tucker and Dale versus Evil or Shaun of the Dead, it's a horror setting still. You want it to be organic and feel real. It's about death. It, it's zombies. They shouldn't look sleek and clean and digital. This isn't a Terminator movie where there's liquid metal, which is literally the perfect use of CGI, of course, because how else are you going to make liquid metal? But that's why in horror, in supernatural horror with creatures, zombies, whatever, it's usually better to have prosthetics, to have makeup, and just real things because it feels organic and gritty and more visceral right. for the subject matter. Now, with this movie, yes, just speaking about the effects and CGI and makeup, all of that was fine, I guess, except for the CGI blood splatters, which yeah. which gets phony after a while. I, I always prefer real yes. corn syrup dyed liquid whatever yeah. is used well, for real blood well for instance it was pretty early in the film where you said is that cgi blood splatter very early in the film you noticed that and i said i don't know i'm not sure but i hoped it wasn't it probably was that's kind of the norm i know and that's the thing that is unless you're quentin tarantino and you you know what you're doing exactly you don't mind spending the extra time and effort that's the least of this movie's problems the main part of the movie is a heist plot to steal $200 million from a casino vault. And time is of the essence because the military is getting ready to destroy the whole city with a nuclear strike in order to end the zombies. And that's making me think that this is the only place where there's zombies. So this isn't a zombie apocalypse scenario. It's just a bunch of zombies who came from somewhere, outer space, I don't even know, and then they went to Las Vegas. This is where we're introduced to our characters. The protagonist is played by Dave Batista, who was Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. His name is Scott Ward. He's the leader, a former mercenary, who is going to lead the heist into Las Vegas. But first, he needs to get together a ragtag team of misfits and various experts in order to get into Las Vegas successfully. If this setup sounds familiar, it's because it's been done in thousands and thousands of movies you've seen before. That's kind of the main point, is that 
everything in this movie is taken from many, many other sources. Right. It's very derivative. It's predictable and generic. Yeah. You would just hope that there would be a little more innovation. There's so many creative elements. What is this? Alien zombies. They're in Las Vegas. I mean, the whole setup is so goofy and dumb. It lends itself to being a schlocky, ridiculous, whacked out, fun time. And I don't know, watching this, it was so dull and just lame. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel similarly. You brought up Dawn of the Dead. That was Zack Snyder's first movie, as we've mentioned. That movie is by far my favorite of his. It's probably the only one I really like. That movie had style, and that movie had a lot of energy to it, and it was visually distinctive. That's kind of his thing. You wouldn't know that from watching this movie. But Dawn of the Dead, that's a very stylish, pretty gritty movie, especially for a mainstream zombie action flick. And and that had a lot of zany, over-the-top elements because it was fast zombies. It's very action-packed. It's not like a slow-moving George Romero horror movie, for example. And I love those, but I like that the Dawn of the Dead remake took it in a different direction, as remakes should, and it really feels like a totally different movie, in a good way. But this, this is, it's returning to that, and it's different. When you and I first heard that this movie was happening, and we were excited about it, and we were really curious about how it would turn out. Excited is a strong word, but I was mildly curious. Well, yeah, it was like, ooh, like, what will happen in this movie? What will we be surprised? It was kind of, again, it was the hope that something innovative and interesting would happen that wouldn't feel derivative, but unfortunately it didn't do that. It did the total opposite of what we expected or wanted it to do. That's why we're so disappointed. It's tough because it's very true. We love zombie movies and horror movies and things like that. And I feel like if you're going to create a a movie that's just another one and it's not really contributing anything extra, really, then what's the point? Contributing something new, something interesting. Zombies have been played out for a while now. But I was open-minded about this. I thought, hey, I think this will be some fun, dumb, crazy time. I mean, the setup is yelling that at you. When you read what it's about, you go, what is this? Right. While the movie tries to bring in that the ragtag, like the like that whole like team together, and they're all you know the assorted personalities and things, which of course is part of what is the intention to make it funny, you know, with these conflicting personalities. That does occur a little bit. Only one or two characters were making me laugh, and everyone else was there because they were physically there and that they were unfortunately just like a physical body to be there for to die later yeah to die later and to service the purpose of that and visually the amount of people that would be needed you know in a team or something because it wouldn't look that great if you went in with only maybe four people or like three people you know so even though it was supposed to make me laugh it it only happened with maybe one or two characters and that in itself was kind of disappointing and then and after that it wasn't like that funny it happened with zero characters for me they have tignataro here right. who's the only 
professional comedian, and they don't give her anything funny to say, like, at all. It's just the way that she, like, um, her persona. She, she has, like, a lighthearted, carefree attitude, but there's yeah. nothing funny there. That's just her personality, because she's a, she's a real comedian. She's always separated from the other characters, and so she's just hiding on the roof with a helicopter the whole time. Talking on walkies, because they probably had her for, like, a week or a weekend to film her scenes. There was that moment when she's talking to them and they're like, oh, like, this is how much time we have and we're going to do this and how is the helicopter? And she's like, oh, it's fine. I have a pool and I have all these things. But we as the audience know that the helicopter is shitty and like not working. And, you know, of course, the way that she's like, she's like, yeah, everything's great. Just the way that she's lying about the situation was something that made me laugh, even though I know in your case that's not enough to make you laugh, but for me it was kind of funny. That was the one amusing part, I yeah. would say, sure. And but it was one yeah, part. But with everything else, it just was... I kept hoping that there was going to be a moment that would really impress me or surprise me, and it... no. No. So Scott Ward... He just visits each person that he knows, and they all just agree immediately, and he promises them different amounts of money. He and the character Maria, they basically agreed that if they were going to get a big amount of money, that the largest amounts would be distributed amongst certain people, and then the other people, like, oh, we don't need to tell them how much money is really on the table, like, or how much money they're getting out of it more so like we can keep that to ourselves of how much money they're getting so they get a whole bunch of people none of them are famous names or anything they're like tv actors so if you see any of these tv shows you'll recognize them but i didn't recognize any of them none of them really had much to do or anything to really there wasn't really enough to distinguish any of them from each other other than just very surface level obvious character traits like this is the responsible heroic one this is the nervous cowardly comic relief one right there was nothing beyond that they get together they go to las vegas and they have to navigate the zombies and a couple of them die there's one of them one of them is going along to monitor them He's the guard, basically, for the casino owner, who they're stealing the money for. There are zombie leaders, or a zombie leader with a pregnant wife in a crazy outfit. And these zombies are more intelligent, and they're more dangerous. They come at the end. There's a part with Martin, who's the security guard guy for Tanaka, who's the casino owner, and when they suspect that he has ulterior motives, and so that's part of what kind of creates havoc as well for these characters, and really starts up a lot of the deaths that occur, because once once one person was suspicious, was like, became really suspicious, and then he start he wanted to like divert her it then woke up the zombies because he was trying to get like some sort of revenge on her and was terrible where remember i was like actually angry i was like really like i understand that yes you don't want to be outed for whatever thing you're doing but 
it's also like, okay, if you want this job to go smoothly and more quickly, you could have just gotten over it and maybe said, no, like, uh, that's not what I'm doing. He could have maneuvered it way differently that didn't result in that character's death that way. But at the same time, then it wouldn't service the audience to then have those deaths, you know, the zombie deaths. All the characters are very disposable. The one revelation or reveal at the end comes about and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that all this that all this happened just for that again the movie is here to show a crazy heist in a zombie apocalypse and that's what happens they have to escape las vegas particularly from the smart zombies who become wise to their presence called the alphas at this point i was surprised that there really wasn't anything else to this and that there wasn't really any wit or there was nothing really clever that happened. They just got the safe open because the safe cracker was able to do it. And it's all just very straightforward where I feel like heist movies, especially in today's world where everything's been done, it'd be nice if there was an attempt at some kind of cleverness just beyond running in and killing all the zombies in your path or just sneaking in and just getting to the place. If you're going to make a heist movie like the Oceans movies, they have these complicated, super intricate plans to get in and get past security and use all their skills to get it done. They had to think about that whole bypassing the booby trap thing, and that was something that was also meant to provide some sort of comic relief. Right, when they get to the vault, they have to bypass a booby trap because it's a giant vault in a casino. So, of course, it's going to be difficult to get in. So the safecracker mainly had to deal with all that. As I'm explaining this plot, this would be perfect for a hack-and-slash video game. It doesn't work as a movie at all. There's nothing to this. It's literally like a video game, an idea that a 10-year-old made up. And that's about... Yeah what it would be for. Yeah, I mean, I would play the video game. A two and a half hour movie it does not make. Every scene goes on twice as long as it should. There's yes. attempts at suspense and tension. Just because a scene's going on for a really long time, that doesn't mean you're magically creating tension. It's just right. boring and way too long. There's no reason why this movie should be two and a half hours, let alone a movie at all. I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yep, I, I feel that. It made it a real slog to get through. Yeah. The ending of this movie leaves the door open for a sequel for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't know. While the action and zombie killing can be fun, there were a lot of ways of killing zombies that weren't the most clever at all or that fun where we would be impressed or like, whoa, you know, like that didn't really happen and I... Sometimes people watch zombie movies hoping they're going to see, like, a cool death or something. Creative kills, goofy, over-the-top, crazy zombie action set pieces. There's no creativity with that stuff. Right. I mean, mean, sure, it's fun to watch zombies get mowed down, but you can't have that be just the whole movie. That's all the zombie action. You need a little more than that. You need something memorable. Yeah, and you were also saying, I mean, there's two different incidences in the film where people die in a very similar manner and so when there could have been creativity for one of them and then it it starts to feel like okay I think you're running out of ideas here 
come up with something else. Yeah, not not really any ideas. Right. I wouldn't recommend it because it was waste of my time Saturday and ain't nobody got time for that. Even during COVID. Yeah. I want to use my time even during COVID in a better way. To do something valuable. Yeah. You know, watching a movie that will make me feel like, wow, I got something out of it. What this movie gets so wrong beyond a lot of the things we mentioned is also just the tone. I didn't know if this was supposed to be a zombie comedy, if it was supposed to be a gritty, intense zombie action heist movie. It tried to ride the line between both. Oh, God. That's part of why it was terrible. Because you're like, what emotion do I feel? What is going on and what? Right. They have these, even though there's non-jokes, but they try to have this lighthearted Ocean's Eleven tone, but no witty dialogue or character moments it's just so generic it's father estranged from his daughter has to bond with her again through this apocalyptic event it's like the most boilerplate disaster movie setup ever and that's not something you put in a comedy that's what you put in uh, one of those Roland Emmerich movies you know what I mean right and this had too much of this sort of light-hearted easygoing manner to be just a straightforward, intense heist movie with zombies. That also really rubbed me the wrong way, that it was seemed like it was trying to be funny and just not putting any effort into actually being funny, just giving the illusion that it's funny. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. And it ends up failing at all of those things. Yeah. Because it doesn't commit to any exactly. of them. Exactly. There aren't really likable characters. There aren't really even any character arcs. Some of them die in pretty intense, violent ways. Yeah. And it's not played for laughs. That's not consistent with a zombie comedy. That, yeah, that was also something that surprised me because there there were moments where you were starting to like the person and then kind of, maybe, and then they die in a very intense way. They get betrayed by the guard or whatever, and none of that was funny it was just played straight yeah and it, and it just felt really unnecessary and ridiculous and then, like it would be in a serious zombie movie which right. this clearly isn't yeah what then, is it then yeah i mean yes i understand that there's some characters that may come off annoying or whatever but at the same time it's like there were some characters that i liked more than others and there were some characters where i thought okay well they're alive but we don't know that much about it's almost like, okay, well, they disappeared, and I guess they don't matter. The way that the movie tries to relay importance of characters, it's both confused and at the same time like trying to make it that Scott Ward and his daughter Kate, who were the main focus in their relationship and the people who they care about. But at the same time, you it's like you feel both, that's nice that they, that their father, daughter, whatever, but at the same time, you don't really because of the whole team and all their different personalities and some of the shenanigans that may occur, I feel like then by the time that the movie ends, I don't really have any feelings towards the two main people. No, you know, Scott there. Ward and Kate. With both of them I'm I'm like, all right, okay. With how these characters were treated, the relationships to each other and where a lot of them end up, whether they die or not. Aside from just a little bit of lighthearted back and forth that you would have in, in, in a movie that's just an action movie, just to like lighten the mood or something, 
None of that is consistent with what a comedy would be. And so I think what I'd have to say is this is not a comedy, even though it has so much of that tone. And I don't think it's even billed as a comedy. The only reason we keep saying that is because the movie is so obviously, in a really half-assed way, like, trying to be that. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, that means I can't recommend this to anyone because it was irritating and it it just felt wrong. And it, again, and it, it didn't... The movie did not know what it was, exact, as you mentioned. Exactly. You know, it kept varying in what it wanted to be to the point where I was confused as a viewer and felt very uninvested and kind of like, okay, well, is this movie done yet? Is anything interesting going to actually happen? Why is this one scene go on for 15 minutes and then it just ends exactly the way I thought it would? And I said, that could have been two minutes and it would have gotten across yeah. the exact point it, was, it had. Why am I still looking at that character's face? Before watching this movie, I thought, when we review this, I'll probably say it's an over-the-top, crazy, fun zombie movie, whether it's even funny or not, and it's sitting there on Netflix. So you might as well just watch it. But it doesn't even have that function unless you just have a lot of tolerance for just sitting through a whole bunch of dull nonsense to get some perfectly acceptable zombie action. I think we're overanalyzing Army of the Dead here, Diana. but the reason we're doing that is because the script just isn't there. And the thing is, is if this movie, whether it's even calling itself comedy or not, if this movie had likable characters with an arc to at least one or two of them, and it was just funny, there were funny things that were making me laugh throughout, I wouldn't care about if it's a little too long, about how generic the plot is. Those things wouldn't bother me nearly as much if I'm laughing and if it's breezy to sit through and it's a good time. I really was not expecting very much of this at all, and it couldn't even meet those standards. It doesn't live up to, you know, what we want, because, of course, you know, when you think about Filmscape, it was not a film escape. It was a film toilet. Yes. <laughs> there you have it, everybody. This one belongs in the Netflix bin. Yes. Netflix recycle bin. Go in the bin. It recycled everything else, so it should be recycled further. More like the trash bin. Yeah. Get in the bin. I guess so. The recycling is done with. Yeah. Try making something new. Right? At least Zack Snyder isn't ruining my favorite DC characters anymore. That's a positive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. So after that review, if you have any comments, you know, you can email us <laughs> at filmscaped at gmail.com. F-I-L-M-S-C-A-P-E-D at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram, at Filmscape Podcast. We also have a website, which is filmscapepodcast.com. We'd love if you check it out. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It really does matter, and it's really helpful to us. And we love you. We love the fact that you spend your time listening to us. The it's... three of you that are, we appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, we're very grateful. Anything that you can do, like rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and following us on Instagram would be great.